0: Hello everybody, welcome into Ballsy, the Sports Day DFW Dallas Morning News Sports Podcast. I am Kevin Sherrington, joined in the studio today by David Moore. There is no Evan Grant. We, we like to think that's kind of an esoteric kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, he's just not a, a larger, a larger position <laughs> yeah, in the yeah, universe. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he is actually in Kansas City or on his way to Kansas on his way. City. Yes. Yeah, yeah, he's going to join us for our Rangers podcast, uh, but he will not be with us for our Mavs nor our Cowboys podcast. Just as well. Just as well, he's not. It's really what well we were talking anyway. about. I was going to say. You
1: know, he just sits over here on his laptop and yeah, and breezes through his emails <laughs> his and his, what, yeah. and,
0: his, and his and his Twitter feed. So, uh, so at any rate, uh, got a little stuff going on with the Mavericks these days. We got the uh, as we're taping this on
1: Tuesday, uh, the lottery, the Mavericks tortured lottery history.
0: Yeah, that's that is tortured, isn't it? Um, and uh, and let's explain to everybody what the deal is that they once they they the ping pong balls all start b- bouncing around, and if they come out in the uh, top four, they're no top five, they're still in.
1: Top four, if their pick is not. One of the first four, they yeah. have to send their pick that's, to that's Atlanta. Correct. That's yes. correct. Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, and so, um,
1: given their history, they have never finished ahead of where they're standing they were actually you know, they're standing. Mm-hmm. Now, now, which again is interesting to me because it's like th- they have never finished ahead. So you call them failures, but technically, no one should finish ahead of where <laughs> where they were in the standings. You don't want to be. You only be good at being bad. Do yeah. You? No. And and you know it's interesting too. Again in and for as many times as they've been in, that's what people are saying, you would think at some point they are going to finish with a draft pick ahead of where they should have been. But every time they've either been where they should have been or fallen back, you know, one to two spots. Um, and, and I think the most egregious example was
0: in, uh, in 1992, correct, in that draft? Because that's, that's the Shaquille O'Neal draft when he yes. went number one to Orlando and uh, and the uh, the Mavericks went next and they took um well they run up four they were that up, up four is that right
1: yeah and, and what ha- what happened that year was and again you're uh, right Jimmy that Jackson that, that system yeah. was a that system was different than what they've employed now and a, and actually this system gives them a higher percentage of jumping into the top four. Than what they had before because of the way it's weighted now. You know the the lottery's been in place for quite a while, and 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 a Houston team had a lot to do with that. No, <laughs> no, not a Houston team. After uh, Akeem Olajuwon and Ralph Sampson in back to back drafts, there was uh, that great, was just good fortune. Great consternation throughout the league that <laughs> what is going on here? That uh, Bill Fitch clearly manipulated games late in the season to get the number one pick again. We can have teams doing this. Or we can't have the public talking about it, it which was the, which was the, uh, it does become a perception, you know, perception does become reality. And so that's why the lottery went into place. And of course, Mavericks fans lament the fact that, oh, okay, Houston gets two centers, which back in the day, centers were the way to go. That's not the way to go anymore no. in the NBA. But back then, it—, it Although if Akeem Olajuwon were coming out, he would go pretty high. Uh, yes, he would. Yeah. And and I tell you what, Ralph Sampson's in today's, in today's NBA would go different. higher. Yeah. He, he was a player—we don't want to go side road on Ralph Sampson here, but talk about a player who was too far ahead of the curve. Yeah. Ralph Sampson was it because he was totally derided and dismissed mm-hmm. as a— what in the world is a seven foot guy on the perimeter for? That makes right. no sense. He, you yeah. know, he's gutless to be out there. You can't have this. And 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 now that's what the game is. Yeah. But uh, he, Ralph Sampson would be received and perceived much differently today than he was back when he played for the Rockets. Uh, all, all of that being said, so the so the league altered and, and went to a lottery stance, and and then basically have refined the lottery periodically throughout because there were always. Uh, some discrepancies with it and, and some things that were unfair and how it tumbled. But but going back to the draft you mentioned in 92, what was particularly frustrating to the Mavericks organization in that one was that's where they had the ping pong balls and you had, it was like, it was like the old lotteries you used to see on TV where you right. had all the, you had like the, the glass cylinder with all the ping pong balls popping around and, right. and then it spits one out and whichever one comes out was going to be like number one. Well, It's only supposed to spit one ping-pong ball out. In that draft, two ping-pong balls were spit out. Orlando and Dallas. And it was one of the only times this ever happened where accidentally two were spit out. But, okay, two are spit out. Again, whichever one rolls down the chute first is the one you go with, and the other gets put back in the hopper. Well, it was Orlando, and Mavericks were two. So instead of Shaquille O'Neal... They went back in, didn't get two, didn't get three, had to wait until four and got Jim Jackson, who held say, out. Are you, <laughs> are you saying you'd rather have Shaq than Jim Jackson? Jim Jackson was a good player. Yeah. But <laughs> I'm not even sure I'd go that far. Uh, he was, well, he was he, he only had his high ankle sprain. He was pretty good.
0: Yeah, yeah. he was yeah. a pretty good player, but not, not, he's no Shaquille O'Neal. No. All right, so let's look at uh, what's uh, what's riding on all this right now because when this, when the Mavericks made the the reason they don't have this trade, obviously, is because they swapped places with it or for, Luka. Hawks for, they for Luka Dungeons, Luka. Yeah. and they, and they traded, uh, Trey Young and uh this year's first round pick, which was top five protected. Which is
1: high. And looks the way Trey played. My my belief is when you see rookie of the year results, it's going to be Luca one and Trey Young too.
0: Yeah. And that's a little different from what everybody projected yeah. because, you know, uh
1: like Trey Young, but again he was hard to get a read on because he was so good early, early last, last, year. last year in college and then the way he faded late and you're going, uh Yeah. And then he didn't start particularly well this year and then came on so strong
0: which is really funny the way that worked out between last year and this year and the way he played uh I, you know looking back on it if, if the Mavericks had kept Trey Young uh they'd be I think they'd be excited about that if they never they never talked about the trade if they never said yeah. we're you know could they wouldn't have had uh, Luka Doncic he wouldn't have been picked at that point they wouldn't have traded—you know traded yeah. up for it so uh, I, I think that because there was a possibility because the Hawks did c- consider keeping the pick and taking Doncic, mm-hmm. you know, so uh, I think Mavericks fans will look at it like, oh, well, you know, Luca was out of, you know, he he went before their pick. So so what? Uh, yeah. And, and Trey Young's a good player. Uh, he's not Luka Doncic. I don't, I don't think there's. He's not
1: a transformative player like Luka Doncic. Has. No, and I think that that's uh, can be a big scorer as, as we saw, as we saw, um, and a great yeah.
0: passer, but a cipher on defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he's practically not even there. What what uh, obviously Luka. I don't want to get too much into all that either. He brings you so many things to the table uh, that, as you said, a transformative player. This, uh, to, to me, he's a once in a generation kind of player. Yeah,
1: uh, and again, there. Uh, you know, I, I think. And again, I I really like Trey Young what I saw last year, uh, um, but if to me Luca's the sort of player if his shot is off, he can still dominate the game with his passing and his court awareness. Yes, and he's still going to put himself in position to score in the fourth. Mm-hmm. I don't know that if Trey Young is that accomplished and dominant of an off offensive player. I mean, I think you can still get the numbers, but the numbers are sometimes deceptive. I mean, look at the the flow of a game, how it's controlled. Right. Um, and, and look, even when Doncic is, isn't shooting well, you're still going to defend him. And, and that gives him the angles and allows him to dictate the pace and the tempo of the game. In a way, very few players that age have ever done coming into the league.
0: Well, the stats showed that last year. We're talking about people like Oscar Robertson. That's the kind of rookie season Shouts. he had. So remarkable, uh,
1: yeah. So he's he's
0: got a lot of things going for him, and uh, in the and in the arrows pointing up. If he just shoots better free throws
1: this year, he will probably add two or three uh, points a game to his average. And and that's such an underrated point of the. And, and again, because it's. It's a boring part of the game. Right. I mean, it's never going to be in highlights unless it's, uh, you know, with time expired and you hit a couple to win it. Uh, But, you know, I I go back to me, the most dramatic example of that was Carl Malone. Everyone was very, you know, was very intrigued by Carl Malone. He looked like an outstanding player. But he was such a poor free throw shooter early in his career, it was like, I just foul him at the end of games. I mean, keep, you know, he's not going to. Well, he went from being like a 40 to 50% free throw shooter up to like mid 80s. And now suddenly he went from a guy who scored 20, 21 a game, average 20, 21 to a guy who averaged 29 to 30 a game. Yeah. Because he was so good at the free throw line. And so he really made himself into one of the best players. Players of all time because of his free throw shooting. Yeah. And, and, you know, you, you just can't. There are very, there are some glaring examples of guys who are still late. Obviously, you know, Wilt Chamberlain is Shaq, one. Shaq. And, and Shaq right. himself. Right. Um, but, um, you know he, he's going to improve that part of his game because from what we know about him, he's willing to work on the game. Yeah. Well, he has all the other elements, he's going to work on his technique and his free throw. He's a, and that's he's a good shooter consistent. already. It's
0: not, sure. it's not a question. This is just a
1: question. Yeah, this is not a Shack thing or a, no. or a Chamberlain thing. No, you're it's not out there. Something yeah. you
0: know is going to happen. So let's take a look here at what the lottery projections are to give uh, everybody an idea of what we're talking about here. When this deal was made, uh, and I talked to some people, and the feeling was that that, you know, not a great draft. Not projected to be a great draft. So that was why mm. the Mavericks were more than willing to give up such a high pick. You know, because you know normally you would say let's do a top ten protected pick, but a top five. You know, you're you're it would seem like you're giving up something there. Yeah. Sure. Well, then what happened was Zion Williamson uh, happened. Yes. Uh, and uh, and then Jay Morant too. Two the, clearly the two top players in this draft. If you look at any yeah. projections here, Zion to me looks like you know. Uh, Charles Barkley on steroids. Mm-hmm. You know uh, he, he's as he, expl- people who don't remember so Charles, he was yeah. such an explosive guy for a guy his size. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now Zion it takes that up to a different level. Yeah. You know he's even more explosive than that. He's and and, and the body's much better than Charles's was.
1: Yeah, uh, so, and more explosive again. And he's an explosive facing the basket. Charles during that era was back yes. to the basket, still right. explosive, but it was. You didn't. It didn't manifest itself as much because the game was played differently. Correct. So,
0: so he's clearly the number one pick here. And the and the Mavericks, uh, I believe, are the, the. Let's see. The the numbers are what a six percent chance of getting the number one pick. Is that does that I sound right? I
1: believe so. It may be a little. Yeah, I think that's much. right. I uh, think that's
0: it. And then they have uh, um, uh, a twenty four percent chance to getting one of the top four so uh which
1: under this system is higher than it would have been in the past yeah it, w- it was a system where it kind of you know went down and and uh so yeah this this is a uh and again part of this is um not to be sure not again, why they've continually tried to refine the percentages here is because um they don't you know. One or two teams can go for like the worst record, but they don't want to give that too much weight, but they also want to acknowledge that they're trying to find that optimum window where you know what if you're if you're losing games on purpose um you're still we still don't want to penalize the team that's not trying to lose games right. you know that it that is legitimately losing them to give you an unfair edge and so where where is that spot and again you're you're never going to get that system weighted ideally because you always have outliers and teams with different agendas at different parts of the season but um yeah so so now it's a little better you know for the Mavericks being, what, sixth, I think they were this year, actually six yeah. or something. Yeah. They, they actually have a little better percentage than they would have before under some previous systems. Yeah. So, and again, I think the thinking is, look, all of these teams deserve or to be in there. And, and just because one team is trying to win and another isn't, uh, you know, wh- where's the line in here? We don't right. want to penalize that team. We don't want to penalize teams for trying to win and be competitive, in trying to win games, uh, too much. Right. In this, and, and that's what they're trying to do with this system. So there's uh,
0: after those top two, after Zion Williamson, who is I, I guess you would call him a power forward. He can probably do a little bit of everything.
1: Um, he will be. Yeah, I mean that's where he's going to be the mismatch player at the at the power forward because he's going to be too quick and explosive for most power forwards. Yeah. And, a and, little on the short
0: side at 6'6", six, six, but yeah. because of his uh, strength and his, and his leaping ability and, and, and everything else that goes with it, the guy's blowing out shoes on the court. <laughs> uh, I don't think there's any question he can play just about anywhere he wants. They list him at 6'6", at six, six, 280. Six, six, 280. And if you've seen him, you can tell that he's not fat.
1: No, not at all.
0: Uh, it, it is a, he's a remarkable-looking athlete. You know, to me, I, I thought, well, if he were playing football, what would he play? You know, uh, I mean, really, would he be... I mean,
1: everyone always says tight end. I guess you would say I guess Bucks. you
0: could. I think I'd put him on the defensive end and watch him just destroy yeah. people. Yeah. I mean, I just Number two he's yeah, getting up there. Yeah, six, I mean, certainly in the Cowboy
1: system where yeah. they have undersized guys. Yeah, you can put him on. Or certainly uh, in a three-four, he'll be an outside linebacker that you go rushing the quarterback.
0: Yeah, he'd be he'd be unbelievable. Uh, he, but I, I'm not saying he's playing the wrong sport. I, yeah, I this,
1: he's doing the right thing. Next is Jay Moran, He's everybody's
0: second pick. A uh, 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 point guard. It, which is an interesting thing to me and I want to kind of talk a little bit about that uh because after those two then it's kind of wide open. You see guys all over the place. Yeah, there are there are players I I've, I've seen uh DeAndre Hunter of Virginia uh, for instance. 3 maybe yeah. 3 or him, 6 to, or 7. Or I've seen him at 15. I saw mm-hmm. him at one uh, projection had him that far down. So I think he's a lot better than that. That seems unlikely to me, but yeah, but. Uh, to me he's he's kind of exactly what the the if if you, you you're not ever going to draft for need at this point this mm-hmm. high in the in the draft obviously, uh, but to me he is everything that the, the Mavericks need. He's a, he's an athletic wing, a guy a three and D guy is what he looks like, yeah. and to me that would fit really well in what they're trying to put together at this sure. point.
1: But that tells you a lot when. You start seeing guys at number three, can be anywhere from three to 12 to 13. Right. That tells you right there – it's a two player draft. Oh, absolutely! And then it's it, it's beauties in the eye of the beholder, and whatever your system is after that. So let's talk a little
0: bit about Jay Murray because here, here's Zion Williamson. He fits on any team in the NBA. Now I, I have seen some stories that say that you know he would fit the Mavericks better than most. I think that people say that because uh, it's a kind of a finesse team a little bit uh, as it is now uh if if you know, Porzingis will be here this year for sure it's a question mm-hmm. of whether he'll be here long term but uh a, a very tall willowy kind of guy a little bit like Ralph Sampson yeah. that we were talking about earlier uh a great rim protector mm-hmm. uh, because of his length uh but not a guy is going to be banging down low with people doing that yeah. doing that kind of dirty work um even Dwight Powell when you bring him in he's very athletic mm-hmm. he's not that player either you you see what happens when the when the Mavericks play Denver Play teams with with a big man uh, down low. It's very difficult for them to uh, to counteract that. Uh, So, um, so anyway, he but he can play anywhere for anybody. There's no question about that. Jay Morant, on the other hand, uh, the projected number two pick by everybody, is a really good point guard. Uh, My question is, and because of not only because of his abilities, and if let's say the Mavericks had got the second pick. Um, and let's because of the, the talk about uh the of the, them possibly targeting Kimba Walker in free agency, mm-hmm. you just traded Dennis Smith Jr. uh, because you didn't feel like that he meshed
1: well, yeah. With no, you uh, got size, you, you got, got a Dutch. center for it, and you got, yeah, and uh,
0: and so you, you, to me, you wonder, uh, I, I wonder here. I'm not saying that another point guard couldn't play next to to Luka, uh, but Rick Carlisle has said that, well, Luka's really a point guard. Mm -hmm. and So to me what you have to decide is if you're going to get Kemba Walker, do you think he can play both positions? Do you think that he can play a two uh, to to let Donchett run the point more often? Because I think that you're probably better off with him, the ball going through Luka's hands because of all the things we just talked about. I'm not saying that Kemba Walker's not a great point guard. Mm -hmm. He is. I just wonder, in my mind, uh, the idea of whether it's Jay Morant or Kimba Walker. How much are you really improving the Mavericks by adding a point guard?
1: Well, if it's the right point guard, you can, and there are different there are different types of point guards that that kind of go into the the, the nuance of it. I I think Dennis Smith Junior. You know, look, ideally, you want to be able to initiate your offense through two players on the floor. Yeah. Uh, on either side of the floor if you really want to attack defenses and, and the good teams that's what you do now the the key is when you're not the initiator can you play off of that and get in position can you still play off the ball well enough to make you uh effective and enhance the offense or if you're playing off the ball are you just uh, are you just a distraction? Are you not really enhancing the offensive scheme if you're playing off the ball? And and while Luca is a point, I think he's also shown the ability to play off the ball. Oh, he can and, play anywhere. And, and, and because he's seeing the game, and he's going, okay, well, this is the pass that should be made, so I need to get into this position because the defense is going to have to go down here. This guy you know, on this corner is going to have to go down, so then I'm going over here. Mm-hmm. So... If you see the game that way when you're not initiating it, then, yeah, it, it's ideal to have another point guard. But some point guards can't see the game that way because mm-hmm. they only see it as far as getting the ball to others. And, right. and just, now, they, they can score, but it's it's more of a it, – it's kind of the difference in, like, checkers and chess. You know, I, I think some point guards are, are checker players. Okay, I make this pass here, defense sucks in okay, now I'm open for the return shot. Right. Whereas I think Lucas sees it more as a chess player, which, okay, you move this piece over here. Now this is what's going to happen to this, this trapezoid of defense, if you will, on that side of the court, which means space is going to be created down here and up here. Mm-hmm. So now you get to that position or have another player get to that position. So if you can see the game in that way, yeah, two point guards – that can initiate the offense and attack makes perfect sense. But I'm not sure Dennis Smith Jr. was that sort of point guard. I, I think no. he was more to penetrate. You know, a lot of the point guards that are putting up big numbers are penetrate and kick guys. Yeah, uh, Break down the defense, kick it out to the open three-point shooter, or make the pass into the defense to get the defense to go in and then stay there as the outlet and then hit the shot once you get it back. Uh, To me, Luka is more than that. Luka is moving around more parts of the defense. Dennis Smith Jr. did not. So if Murray's the sort of guy who can play in that sort of system, again, I think another example is what you see in Golden State. Now, they're an extreme example because, you know, they're the best team in the league. Right. But how Clay Thompson and and, uh, Steph Curry play off each other. Steph Curry, yes, is a point guard. So often, he does not really – he's not really the point. Right. So – and I don't know enough about Murray to know whether or not he would. I, I don't, that, that would work. I haven't seen him enough, and I haven't talked no, to people. Well, no,
0: nobody works. has except for NBA scouts. You can see Murray State that much. But uh, it, it is, uh, uh, is going to be really interesting to me to
1: see uh, how that works because obviously you want to take – Because then if you got that, you could get more guys like Dwight Powell and just athletic guys to go in there. True. But the other side on Williamson, Williamson is you get him. Well, he's the physical guy. Porzingis is not uh, bar fight excluded, I guess, which we yeah. can talk about. It appeared he did lose that fight from, yeah, from he, the little we saw. On he the, did. But, uh, but now you can invert your inside guys if you have him. So it's a different sort of offense. Now Porzingis is the one going out. Uh, you have to take the guy with more size on him to have a chance to cover him. Right. And Williamson may be undersized inside, but he's going to be more physical and stronger than whoever's guarding him, so then you have a mismatch there. So you have a mismatch with the big guy, and then defenses have to decide. Do we send the big guy out with Porzingis because at least it it can distract him and and get in his face enough to maybe we can impact a shot? Or do you leave the big guy inside on Wilkinson and then put the smaller guy outside on Porzingis who he can shoot over all the time? So, I mean, you're doing different things defensively. Uh, with whether you get one or these two players, yeah, you get to, to me. You get Zion. Williamson. Yeah. you you become one of the most interesting
0: teams in the NBA. Oh no question. Uh, with with no the question. with the skill level that that uh, that Przingis and and Luca bring, uh, the, their ability to pass, their ability to do things with the ball that you know that there are just so many things that they're so good at, uh, and then to bring an athletic talent like that to the mix would. To me, that uh, it would be interesting to see what the uh, you know how it all meshes. And obviously, obviously, that is always the big question. You bring sure. in these kind of talents together, how will they? mesh? And people
1: would expect immediate success in that oh, scenario. Oh my gosh. Now, This is a team that didn't come close to the playoffs this year. Now suddenly, everyone would expect them to be. Oh, they should be like a top four or five team in yes, the West. They would. That's what I would say. And it, it is, and and for a team that has not played together. At all, right until game one of this season. Um, and remarkably young team, two of your key players would be under 21. Right, yeah, <laughs> how, how crazy is that? Arguably, your two best players would be under 21. Yeah, and th- that's the other thing. Look at a lot of these teams that have hit big in the lottery with these players, and they you know they bunch a lot of younger players together, they and they're back in the lottery year after year because they're all young players who haven't you know there's not a good mix you have to have the good mix between young and old by and large oh absolutely now, these guys could be so good so young that you still take that step but but it shouldn't be assumed and it would be assumed this would be a you know top well, four or five team in the west you
0: had a team in that we just mentioned jim jackson a while ago with, with the three jays with jason there's, Kidd, one of the smart and to me luca is very similar to, to and in a part why didn't that jason work Kidd.
1: because they were all at the uh, yeah. same stage of development and right. learning the league.
0: Yeah. And that was and that was a very difficult. Thing. And that's
1: what happens what well, that's why has Minnesota been in the lottery for 10 years and has this wonderfully talented roster but can't get ahead. You know yeah. why was Philadelphia in the lottery for so long before they showed any improvement? I mean, it's, you you see it time and time again.
0: And that's why I think to me it's so appealing about Luca is that he as as you hear uh, commentators say all the time when they when they're watching him play, he plays an old man's game, and so that's and to me that is the big difference for yeah. me with him uh, as a rookie. He he was doing things. There are things he obviously needs to improve upon, but his game is already really elevated. Uh, no, he, it, he's it,
1: advanced beyond it, it and, and that's the thing that the the roster was so depleted after the trade with New York that. You didn't really see the impact he could have on good players. Right. There weren't enough good players there. I'm right. going to be fascinated this year, now that they're going to have more of a quality w- roster from one through twelve. Right, what he's able to do and how he makes them better. Yeah.
0: All right. Speaking of that, we're going to just real quickly get into the end of, at the end of this uh, Mavs podcast uh, the the latest trials and travails of Kristaps Porzingis. Uh, who since the, the trade uh, is all of a sudden all kinds of news has come out about him, yeah. uh, things we didn't know about. We didn't know about the rape allegations uh, in New York until after the trade was mm-hmm. made. The, the Mavericks found out apparently at the last minute um, and went ahead and did the deal. Yes, uh, which was a little risky, I, I think, uh, especially considering that. And the, you can't
1: say you did your due diligence when you found out. I mean, no. and, and that they were put in that difficult spot publicly of trying to say, "Oh yeah, we knew about it and we looked," but it's like.
0: Mm yeah I had a lot of, a lot of readers disagree with me on that. Oh, of course they did their due diligence. And I said, yeah, I did. How? And one night, yeah. you did your due diligence really no, on the clock. Really? Yeah. yeah, that's that's interesting. Uh so uh it was already a risky deal. Now, look, I want to say first of all, I was all for the deal when it was made. Yeah. I said to me, this is the kind of risk you take on a guy even though he's been injured. Not
1: knowing the uh, your strictly physical standpoint. Yes, and, you
0: know. didn't know what was going to happen to me. He was a, he was a good enough player and the players you were getting rid of
1: some players just don't have the body to I mean the 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 Mavericks had a small forward here for a while whose body didn't hold up. Yeah. And then went on to Memphis and correct. Uh, how how is his you know, so so some physically that's a big line for a lot of players in this league. Clearly they have the ability and even the temperament to do it, but maybe they don't have the body to do it. That's- and and Persingas, we have to see. Yes, we do. So that was one thing. And then
0: we had the rape allegations. And now, apparently over the weekend, uh, celebrating Victory Day in Latvia, some uh, some Russians apparently jumped him outside of a bar. We've seen a, a video of the post-fight uh, in which Luca uh, – I'm not Luca, gosh, I'm sorry about that. Chris Stapps uh, had, had got a little angry, kind of shoves a woman aside. Goes not kind of. It, was, it he, was a clear He shoved show. her aside and to go confront some people. Nothing else yeah. happens. But none of that's a good look uh yeah. and it doesn't matter you know that he didn't initiate anything uh putting his hands on that woman was not a good sign, mm-hmm. especially with a organization that's coming off the investigation yes. that the Mavericks were under these were these were not good things to see so we'll see what happens in all of that We don't know exactly what happened i I like the New York post account though it was pretty good <laughs> uh they had a lot they had a lot of stuff in there in their story uh, about uh this And I also love the fact that the TMZ video, the initial report was that they were Russian fans mad because he'd been traded from the Knicks. To the the, the Mavs, yeah. like so, I guess the globalization of the NBA yeah. is is full force now. I mean, what a ridiculous thing <laughs> for people to believe that. And then I had people who write me who wrote me yesterday and said that that, that was what the deal. Was. It's like, come on, uh, yeah. does anybody really believe know. that? Yeah. Uh, you know that that's ridiculous. So anyway, we we have to find out what's going on with that. We have to find out what's going on with the with the rape allegations. There's an investigation going on there. He has not been charged with anything in either case, uh, and uh, so. So we want to make clear that that's the the situation there, uh, but these are certainly things to be considered, especially when you talk about the fact that by the time he is ready to play, which they say he will be, uh, they believe it'll be twenty months sure. between between that's, games. Yeah. That's a long time—twenty months between so two games. years. Yeah.
1: So by my fractured math. Yes. Uh, well, well, let me say you know. I've had dealings with the Russian mob, and that's not something you want to get involved with. No, no, so, that, that's, that's that can be a rough group. Somebody, you know. somebody. If me. anyone saw Molly's game, you know they roughed up, they roughed up <laughs> poor Jessica Chastain yes, in Molly's game. a terrible thing. And I, I assume that was the same guy that was uh, in Latvia and uh, yeah. roughed up. Well, you know,
0: somebody somebody made that point to me today and asked me, uh, um, "What if what if it was there?" And I said, "Listen, I'm not putting that. That's that's certainly a possibility. (laughs) Who knows what's going on? Who knows what he's been involved in? And people maybe, uh, you know." We've heard stories about his brother, who is uh, one of his handlers. A little rough, uh, a little maybe not, kind of an indelicate guy. <laughs> not uh, not uh, an indelicate guy. Yeah. That's, so uh, tiptoeing it's a, around that one. Yeah. yeah. So it, it is. Uh, it is interesting, you know. Uh, and I just think, in the end, uh, and a point I made in my column today was that uh, there's a lot of comparisons between him and Dirk Nowitzki, and I will have to just say he's no Dirk
1: <laughs> at this stage, from what we've seen. No. A couple of glimpses we've caught in the uh, yeah. That, you know, Derek and Steve Nash drinking at the, the Loon in Dallas didn't kind of reach this level of no. of Latvian chaos that no, we've seen. No, it did in not.
0: The, not not saying that Chris Epps is a bad guy. No. Just, just saying that but, a lot of stuff happening. But
1: again, here. and this is the other thing, when you go 20 months without playing and these are the two defining episodes or the only episodes that are out there that people have to define you. Yeah. They take on more traction a lot of times, sure. and and now this is going to be sitting here this entire Aussie. And and look, there's no link to what did or did not happen in that uh, in the uh, in the condo or, or the high rise setting in New York, and what happened in Latvia. Right. But those are the last two things we've really had to talk about. Prisingus, right. and, so, and so now again, where you get into perception is reality sort of thing. Adam Silver is sitting back, and, and much like um, Goodell in the NFL has discretion to swing in on these matters sure and, and takes into account the image of the NBA, and, um, you know, th- there doesn't have to be a link, but if there's enough substance in his mind to both of these, where it's not just a bad look, but Porzingis is culpable somehow, mm-hmm. then... Um, do you want to send a message? Do you want to get across there? Well, if we start letting these sort of small skirmishes happen, then suddenly you have more. And now I've set a precedent where I ignore—I've ignored this bar fight in Latvia. Do I ignore a bar fight in Brooklyn now? Do I right. ignore a bar fight in Milwaukee? Um, so how how do I go about this? So to me, it's not. Fine. Yeah, the, the the Mavericks need to look into it. Uh, the the NBA is looking into it as well because this goes to their image, and, and they have to get across that um, they they want to be fair in how they adjudicate it. But they also want to get the message across: one, to their players, we can't have this sort of behavior. We're, we're not going to, you know, this is a slippery slope here. We're not going to we're not going to let anyone start sliding on this. Right. And, and two, to reassure their fans that look, we you know. Uh, again, we're not going to over-adjudicate this. We're not going to be judge and jury on everything. But there is a standard of behavior we expect. So um, I-, I think it's going to be pretty interesting working through all that, depending on what information they come across and what they're able to find in the league office. And the last thing about all and this. What do you do? Do you hire investigators in Latvia to tell you what went on? Because you, you don't have – this is – you know at least it was if it was in the U.S., you would have some of those – Uh, you know, connections with law enforcement. Sure. Uh, You know, you probably don't.
0: And then the last part of all this is that uh, the Mavericks have to make a decision before in July about offering him a, a max deal, a five-year deal, one hundred fifty-eight million dollars.
1: I would say that decision was made when the trade was. Well, you are
0: right; they they did, and they and that is why you you don't trade two number ones uh, without yeah. expecting to do that. And I think they will still do that. Yeah. Uh, but they you know it certainly raises the question: if these are two things that have just popped up, you know, what is the future with this guy? Mm-hmm. You know, will there be? Further problems, you know, um, and and I think that's something we still don't know. And th- there there weren't any problems in his uh, in his first, well, I guess, I mean, years has he been in the league?
1: Now? Yeah, a few, yeah, first few, yeah, no, nothing came out. No, nothing no. No. came
0: out with the Knicks at all. There was no reason to expect any of this, and now it's it's two things over the span.
1: Two things we've learned about learned about yeah. o-
0: over the span of three months. So that's that's. And again, not to compare him rate. to
1: Ezekiel Elliott because—and uh, I'm certainly not comparing these episodes of, of uh, the, the charges he had in New York where there have has been nothing filed. And, and uh, the, the the documented, you know, report we saw from the NFL on what took place between right. Ezekiel Elliott Yeah, i mean, there's no—those two don't appear to compare uh, from what we know at this point. But, um, you know, Elliott had— a lot of those issues early, he had that before he was drafted. Then he uh, had the the episode oh. a, at the nightclub and the DJ um, St. Patrick's Day parade. St. Patrick's Day parade. And how much have you heard about Ezekiel Elliott being involved in any of these sort of things lately? Nothing. So uh, you know, it's it's, and at least with both of these guys to this point, there hasn't been a constant. Thread of behavior that has become public, right? So that that is somewhat uh, encouraging, but 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 you also have to acknowledge, uh, yeah, that this is a red flag. This is is there something more at work here? Is there something we need to be concerned with going forward?
0: Absolutely. All right, that's going to do it for our Mavericks podcast. Uh, we're also going to have a Rangers and Cowboys podcast, and we'll talk about lots in those things too. So for everybody in here, to everybody out there, thank you and goodbye.
1: Thanks for listening to the Mavericks Ballsy Podcast.
0: Be sure to subscribe to our weekly episodes on iTunes. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter, too. Just search the Ballsy with a Z podcast.
1: Until next time, sports fans, we'll see you.